Hello and welcome to A Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and it is such a joy and such a blessing to have you join us today. I'm so thankful that you uh, chose to download the podcast, and um, I pray that God will just draw you closer to Him um, as you spend time in His Word. I've asked Him to give you a hunger and a thirst for more of Him And I continue to thank God for you. I I don't know who all you are. (laughs) I know just a few of you uh, who are my friends who listen. um, But God knows exactly who you are. He knows exactly um, what you're facing today. He knows exactly what you need. And I just pray that um, you will continue to draw closer to Him. I want to give a shout out to all of our new listeners. We have some uh, new listeners in India, I noticed this morning. Um, There were several downloads in India last night, and so um, may you be blessed. And I would like to continue to invite you to share um, this podcast with um, your friends and family or anyone that you think may be interested. This is not about me. It's all about God and the truth that's found in His Word. And we just pray that He will continue to get all the glory through this. All right, so our um, verse for the day for February the 5th, 2022, is found in Paul's letter to to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. And it reads as follows from the English Standard Version. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Oh my, here we go. So much, so many treasures, so much good stuff found in this verse. We are back in 1 Timothy, and um, I think on the 17th of January um, was the first time that we had really parked in the in Paul's uh, letter to Timothy, and so I think I gave a little more detail about Paul and Timothy in the opening of that, so if you want to look up the January 1st, uh, no, January 17th episode um, to listen to that, but I'll recap just a little bit about it. We know that Paul wrote this letter because it tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope, to Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. So, um, as you know, um, many of the letters that we read, not all, but many of them will come with a greeting. Many of Paul's letters do. And in this case, he is clear that he is writing it to Timothy, who he calls his true child in the faith. Um, We see in Acts chapter 16, um, where Paul first um, met Timothy, we read that in uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 1, Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra, A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman, who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. And then we read more about Timothy, and I just love this, and I know I mentioned it in that episode on the 17th, but for those of you who may not have had a chance to listen to that, um, 
Paul talks in his second letter to Timothy, in 2 Timothy in chapter 1, beginning in verse 3, he says, I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my, in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which was in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So um, I love this little snippet in Second Timothy um, where it talks about how uh, Timothy's mother and grandmother passed down the faith to him. And that's an encouragement to me as a mother uh, to pass down the faith to my sons. And I would encourage you to do that to your family as well, as um, because we have the truth, friends. Um, we, we know the truth. Those of us who are believers have the truth, and that's found in God's Word. Um, and His Son, Jesus, is the living Word, as we read in John 1.1, 1, 1, the Word. Uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And then in John uh, 1.14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So that is Jesus. And... Um, it's just such a blessing that he he is our living word. And then God inspired men to write this written word that we have in our hands. And we know that when Jesus was praying uh, for the believers and praying for his disciples, he prayed back to the Father, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. So we have the truth, friends. But we know that Timothy was a young man. We know that he was... Um, he traveled with Paul on several occasions, and um, here in First Timothy, um, Paul is writing a letter to encourage him, uh, to encourage him to um, continue the work that uh, he's been charged to do. This letter opens with Paul encouraging uh, Timothy to remain at Ephesus. Um, there was a church there, and even though Timothy was young, he was charged with um, kind of overseeing the church and putting in place um, godly men to lead the church. And so um, this is a letter of instruction and encouragement from Paul and reminder of how things should be. And uh, leading into our verse today, uh, we're going to start with uh, chapter 2, verse 1, because I think as you see uh, the context, and as I've mentioned before, context is so very important. We can't just pull one verse out and and just make a big deal about that. We need to understand the whole context, uh, the whole counsel of God's Word um, when we're talking about a verse. And so I'm going to back up. In First Timothy chapter 2, and um, we'll begin in verse 1. And it says, first of all then, uh, so they, these were uh, Paul's big points here. Uh, he said, first of all then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peace, peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. 
This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. So Paul is saying pray for everyone, pray for all people, um, make those supplications, those requests, those prayers, those intercessions, pleading uh, for other people um, to God, and thanksgiving for all people. And he then he lists which people, the kings and all those who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Um, and then reminding us that God desires that all people be saved. Um, and come to the knowledge of Him, the knowledge of the truth. And there's that truth we talked about just a minute ago. Um, and the truth is, there is one God, there is one mediator between God and men, that man Jesus, that man Christ Jesus, who gave Himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. This is the truth. This is the gospel. This is God with us. Jesus came from heaven. Um, he lived a perfect, sinless life. He was fully God, yet fully man. He walked on this earth. He was uh, crucified. He was tortured. He died. He was buried. And he was resurrected. He was seen by many. And then he ascended back to heaven, and he's coming again. Um, but this is the truth. There is one God and there's one mediator between God and men, and that is Jesus. He is the mediator. He is our go-between. He's our intercessor. Um, what a blessing. And Paul is um, telling Timothy, you know, pray for people. Pray for people so that we can live a godly life and pray um, that they will come to the knowledge of uh, the truth. And that truth is Jesus. Um, we read in John's Gospel, chapter 14, uh, beginning in verse 6, uh, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So there is no other way. There is no other way on this side of the cross that we can get to the Father. There's not enough you can do. There's not enough you can um, sacrifice. There's nothing you can do. No one else on this earth can do it for you. You have to believe that Jesus is God's son and that he died for you and that his death, um, his sacrifice paid the penalty for your sin um, and that you are covered in his righteousness and by his blood. And that allows us to stand before a holy God and will allow us to stand before a holy God on the day of judgment. Unfortunately, in our world today, um, and he's been here from uh, the very, close to the beginning, this the old deceiver, Satan, our adversary, the accuser, tries to... Uh, tell us that there are many ways to God, that there are many gods, that you can just uh, do your own thing, believe your own thing, but that is not true, friend. We have a loving, loving God who created us, 
And he wants us to be in relationship with him. He wants us to come to him. But because we are human, because we have sinned, the scripture says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Um, there had to be a mediator between us and God, um, a go-between, an intercessor. And that mediator, that man that um, who was also fully God, fully man, um, is Jesus. And we, we have to go through him. What this also tells me as I read is that we don't have to go through anybody else. There's no one else that can do anything for us. We have direct access to the Father through the Lord Jesus. We don't have to go through any earthly person, any earthly priest. We have direct access to Him. Um, and we can come to Him and, and confess our sins and confess that we are dust and that we make mistakes, um, but confess that He is holy and confess that um, Jesus has died for us and covered us by His blood. And in that way, we can come to the Father. You know, I love um, in the, the letter to Hebrews, and we don't know for sure who wrote Hebrews. Um, we just don't know. It doesn't tell us. But um, that writer to the Hebrews was writing to um, uh, people who knew the law, the old law, um, in which there were all kinds of uh, rules and regulations for sacrifices. And um, God had given Moses this to the children of Israel to give to the children of Israel um, after they had come across uh, the Red Sea and come out of Egypt. And he'd given them... Um, this law about uh, things that they needed to do to atone for their sins. Um, but it was a continuous thing. He had put priests in place uh, who had to continuously offer these offerings, these um, these sacrifices. And not only did they have to offer them for um, the people, but they had to offer them for themselves. And um, it was over and over and over again. We can read about um, those sacrifices and the rules and regulations in in Leviticus. They're uh, very much laid out there. And one may um, say, well, why would God want there to be sacrifices? Why was that necessary? Well, first of all, it's his prerogative. He's God, and so um, he has a reason for that. He knew why he did that. But I think it was um, one of the reasons was just to show us our sin, uh, to show us that we could not be right before a holy God without some atoning, without some covering, without forgiveness of our sin. And that was all after the fall of man, you know, way back in the Garden of Eden when sin entered uh, the world. And even the Apostle Paul gives a good a good explanation in Romans, well, a good little one sentence, although much of Romans and also much of Galatians, and then you'll see much of Hebrews is talking about um, how even though there was a law originally, Christ is the end of the law, end of the law for those who believe. He was the answer. Um, he was what was promised all along. But before this law, uh, God made the promise to Abraham before there was ever a law. The The law didn't come for some, I think, like 400 years after Abraham. Um, but 
Abraham believed God and God credited that to him as righteousness. And it was um, Abraham, um, he was actually not Abraham yet. He was Abram. God hadn't changed his name yet. Um, When God gave him this promise, um, let's see, in uh, Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That was a promise that something was coming. And then over in Genesis chapter 17, beginning in verse 4, Well, actually, in verse three, then Abram fell on his face and God said to him, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I've made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make you into nations and kings shall come from you and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout the generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And so that was a promise that something was coming. And uh, the scripture says that Abraham believed the Lord and the Lord credited it to him as righteousness. His belief, his faith in God is what was what made him righteous. And likewise, our faith in Jesus is in what Jesus has done for us. And the fact that Jesus is God and that he died for us is what allows us to be justified and seen as righteous um, in front of a holy God. And then the natural question may come, well, why Why was there a law if God had this plan all along? Well, once again, he knows. He knows the human condition. He knows the human heart. And like Paul says in Romans chapter 7, verse 7, uh, what shall we say then that the law is sin? By no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said you shall not covet. And so Paul was um, given uh, inspiration by the Holy Spirit to say, you know, God had a reason. It was to show us what our sin is. And that's why that's why he made the law. Um, But there was always going to be an answer. Those sacrifices that the priest did were not um, eternal. But there was one whose sacrifice uh, was eternal and would be once for all for the whole world. And that is the is Christ Jesus, who was fully God and fully man, like we see in our verse today. And I just love this where um, in the the letter to the Hebrews, where um, God inspired the writer to explain this to the Hebrews, um, to those who would have known all about the law. There was the old covenant, you know, that was in the law, uh, but this is going to talk about the new covenant. And uh, if you read, let's see, beginning in Hebrews chapter 9, Starting in verse 11, it says, But when Christ appeared as high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, 
thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant, which was the law. And then um, jumping over to verse 22 of Hebrews chapter 9, it says, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Thus it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own, for then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for man to die once and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly awaiting for him. Oh, friend, I hope you're able to see um, that Christ is our mediator. He is the one mediator between God and us. Um, and it was his blood that was shed that um, made that way for us. He's our holy bridge. He's our way to get between uh, where we are sinful, stained um, to a holy, holy God. And it's through Jesus, who is truly only the, the way, the truth, and the life. I know this was a, a pretty heavy episode. There is just so much truth and foundation for our faith here in this episode. Um, but I want you just to, just to know, don't be overwhelmed by this. You know, um, the Lord gave us His Word um, so that we can know he inspired me and to write it uh, for us. So I would encourage you to read God's word, to study God's word, to live God's word, and to share God's word. And I want to just leave you um, with this encouragement in Hebrews chapter 4, beginning in verse 14. And it talks about the great high priest that who is Jesus. And, and a priest was a go-between. It's that mediator that we've talked about. And again, I'll say, we do not need an earthly priest. We have Jesus. Our pastor has reminded us over and over again that Jesus plus anything is not the gospel. It is not Jesus plus works. It's not Jesus plus man's tradition. It's not Jesus plus anybody else um, to make pleas for us. It is us believing in Jesus. And it's through faith. And it's by His grace that He allows us to come to Him. So I'll close with this in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, 
Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who was in every respect, one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Blessings to you, friend. Until next time.